0: everyone and welcome to the chicago techies podcast a podcast focused on highlighting the voices of chicago techies and their experiences i'm your host ceci fisher benitez thank you for joining us on this week's episode i am joined by oscar delgadillo software engineer at mastery logistics systems Hey Oscar, thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Chicago Techies Podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you about your career trajectory and your experience in general. Um, why don't we get started? Uh, let's start with your name, your pronouns, where you're from, and your current role.
1: Oh gosh, okay. Uh, my name is, oh, let me see, let me see my full name, Oscar Antar delgado Garcia. I am, my pronouns are he, him, his. And I am actually a Mexican native raised in Chicago. And my title is I'm a software engineer at Mastery Logistics Systems.
0: Where in Mexico are you from?
1: I was actually born in Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico.
0: Oh, nice. I was born in Michoacán. Uh, it's in, it, it's a, a really small town called Santa Cruz, de Villagomez, Michoacán, um, in the border of Michoacán and Guerrero. Although technically I was born in this small town called Huétamo. <laughs> Because that was the closest hospital to my hometown. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so love that, love that. Um, Yeah, so I mean, I'm really excited to talk to you about everything. So I, you know, usually I I start asking questions right away off the bat about like, you know, if you intended to like go into tech or uh, if you knew it right away, that's where you wanted to study. Like, you know, what was your your career, like your path toward this profession? Um, If you went to school or or, your major or whatever you want to share, feel free.
1: Okay. Uh, No, yeah, that's, it's actually a very, I don't know if it's a funny story, but my, my path to tech was not a straightforward one. I uh, actually, although I like, for example, I went to high school here in Chicago and um, they, at the time there were only three majors and I knew I wanted to uh, go into tech somehow in the sense that at one point we got a computer and I was like, you know, I was kind of like troubleshooting I learned how to troubleshoot. I learned how to fix it and all these things. And so I was like, oh, maybe this is something that I might want to do. Um, So in high school, I was offered three majors. It was either music, art or tech. And so I, you know, I see tech. I'm like, oh, cool. Let me join this thing. Um, It turned out not me being the big nerd that I am. I don't know how I messed it up, but I ended up taking more science and math courses than I did actual computer courses. And I think the only computer course I took in high school was really Uh, it taught me how to type very very fast and i think it taught me like spreadsheets in in word microsoft word i think um very terrible decision on my part it's one of the decisions that i actually kind of reflect on sometimes and i say hey if i would have really you know considered more of the programming side would i have been in a different place um fortunately that's not what happened i think like towards my senior year i thought i wanted to do graphic design and so Uh, at the time a cousin of mine had given me a a Mac power book at the time and so I I was you know learning Photoshop I thought I wanted to do graphic design Um, and so I went to U of I uh, you know I got accepted to U of I I went there thinking oh let me see what it takes to be a graphic designer turns out that I needed a portfolio and I needed to possibly take art instead (laughs) of tech in high school and I was like oh you know shoot (laughs) Um, (laughs) if I would have pursued that I think I would have had to attend U of I for an additional year, additional year or two, um, because I would have had to take all these general courses mm-hmm. in art to then join their fine arts program. And so, you know, the the money, the the bills are racking up, and I was like, I don't think this is something my family can afford. And actually, fun fact, I was undocumented at the time. I was undocumented till I was about 30. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those things that you know with that sort of pressure on you I didn't know what my options were I didn't uh, you know I couldn't get too many grants too many scholarships it was very my one opportunity to get a full ride didn't pan out and so it was just one of those you know kind of left me out in the dark for a little bit Um,
0: yeah yeah and I mean you know a couple of things you touched on but I think One is like I also wanted to be a graphic designer, I thought, you know, when I was in high school, I and and it was because I loved computers like I I was introduced to a computer in seventh grade. And by the time that I was in high school, I was like, yeah, I want to keep working with computers because it's fun. And then I started learning Photoshop and I'm like, oh, being a graphic designer must be easy. I'll do this instead. (laughs) um but then obviously that didn't that didn't pan out because the same thing um but the other important thing that you pan, you know you, you mentioned was you know being undocumented and going to school i think a lot of people don't realize that the how how uh, complicated it is because you you know you now like, folks are able to go to school but like they can't apply for fosfa there's no like way that anyone has what fifteen thousand dollars in their pocket to go for you know for a couple semesters to school like that's ridiculous. So, I I empathize with with you. I have I've had a few friends too that um, had to kind of find different ways to kind of overcome obstacles because they couldn't really go to school or do a lot of different things. So I think that's uh, super important though that you know you you still went for a year and you figured you try to figure it out and then you did your thing and. I mean, I already know more about you. So I know that you went to a boot camp um, and you went through, um, was it that boot camp, I think?
1: Yes, Dev boot camp.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and kind of got into tech that way. So how was your experience going through the boot camp? Did you doubt yourself at any point?
1: I'm sure I did. (laughs) I feel like maybe those, I feel like I, I'm sure that I did, but I, I guess I've been fortunate enough to have. You know, community and and the friends that i that I made there to maybe, like, repress that a little bit <laughs> or push that down. Um, I think my biggest struggle was probably at the beginning of the boot camp because they they were pretty it was a pretty difficult experience at first. um I mean, having still have learned a little bit of programming, you know before the bootcamp itself, um, it was still. Having to shift that mentality from, hey, you're just scripting or or you're just doing this, you know, writing this thing to solve this problem to algorithms and complicated solutions and and Mm -hmm. all these different things, databases, you know, uh, they taught a SQL and all these things that, again, as they came new to me and they all sort of encompassed different concepts, you know, I struggled a little bit at first, but um, I would say it was still a very, very... Great experience. I love that boot camp.
0: Why tech do you think? like what what was this what sparked your curiosity about the tech space particularly and in going into you know either a software engineering role or any other kind of role? What was that?
1: Sure. So one of the things well, after college, I ended up somehow working in the uh, logistics supply chain management space. Um, which was because at the time, a cousin of mine was a truck driver. When he sort of uh, stepped down from being a truck driver, he got a position as a dispatcher. And that's how I got my first position. My first job was at a trucking company. And so fast forward 10 years later, I was, you know, we had opened a couple of trucking companies at that point. I kind of learned, you know, the sort of uh, ins and outs of of running a, a trucking business. And one of the things that kept popping up in this outdated, you know, it's one of those outdated fields. It feels kind of like FinTech, right? Where it's like the financial space can be pretty outdated right now. And it's only recent, you know, in the recent times that people have really tried to focus on upgrading a bunch of these technologies. Similarly, in the supply chain management, it has been, it's just been like huge pain points around how old our technology is. I mean, just, you know, just to highlight that we had, software, the, the most current software, quote-unquote current software that we had, looked like it ran on Windows 95. It was just, and it was pretty a pretty new software. So it was just like, just based off of that, you could tell that we did not have a lot of options. And so at that time, I figured um, there there was a lot of sort of processes that we had to manage manually. Like, I mean, for God's sake, we were using a fax machine still. So, and this was within, you know, it, this is still like within the last like five years so. It was so outdated and I was just tired of doing all this intense manual labor with paperwork, you know, especially around invoicing. We would send about 50 to 100 invoices a day. And so it was such a huge task that I I thought there's got to be a better way. And so when I looked into sort of different ways that I can manage this, I found, I don't know why, something popped in my head, you know, the word scripting for some reason. And I think it might've been my experience with Macs in the past, because I know that in, the, in a Mac, you could actually script things like little workflows. And so I thought, you know what, maybe scripting's the thing I need. So I, I looked into it. I was able to, I learned about Python because it was, um, it could run on a PC because we were using Windows PC. So I had to find something that I could, you know, that I could run almost n- natively or that was close to it so that I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't clash with the hardware, especially because our computers were also pretty outdated. And I learned how to, I learned Python in like two weeks. That's how rushed I was <laughs> to create this thing. And sure enough, at the end of it, wow. I basically created a script that was able to reformat a CSV file that we had into the proper one for our factoring company, which was the company that buys our invoices. And simultaneously it would, um pull in any numbers, any names and numbers from the invoices and and retrieve the proper digital files from another folder into a Dropbox. And so it basically creating one process, one like you know, two clicks maybe yeah. to to do the whole thing. Um I fell in love with it completely and, and I, I ended up asking in social media, you know, my social networks, hey, what what is this thing? <laughs> you know, what did I just do?
0: Yeah. So this is before you went to the boot camp. Correct. Oh wow. Yes. Um, how long ago right after that did you go into the boot camp
1: so i le- i picked up python i think it was around 2015 um and i applied for the boot camp that same year and i ended up um oh what's the word I'm looking for so i got accept you know i someone suggested the boot camp and actually Kara was cara uh a friend of mine you know at the time i didn't know her but through a through a mutual friend of ours mm-hmm. um she had asked me to reach out to Kara about this bootcamp and I, I one of my biggest concerns actually about the boot camp was inclusivity. Actually, that was one of my biggest fears. It was as a, an undocumented gay male, you know, with all these other kind of complicated identities, will I struggle in this field? Well, I struggle at the boot camp, you know, like because my biggest fear was if I ended up going to a place where I didn't feel comfortable, I didn't feel like you know, there was enough representation, people that I, I felt like I could talk to and, and things like that, then I wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, obviously wasn't going to attend.
0: Were, were there more like social things that you were scared of too? Like, you know, you mentioned you being like undocumented and a gay male, you know, and the whole inclusivity aspect of things. Like how have, how have you navigated being out um, as a gay man, like in tech, when you are also part of the minority, you know, like there's, you know, we're surrounded by white, cis men, like straight men that, um, that ha- how have you navigated that experience?
1: So one thing I noticed actually, and even in the boot camp itself, there were a lot of, uh, <laughs> I don't know even if this is appropriate, but a lot of queer presenting folks. There are a lot of folks that like, you, you <laughs> kind of wonder, like, are they queer? Yeah. And for the most part, like, again, it doesn't really matter. I think what matters is that. I can act queer or I can act or I could be whoever I am, mention whatever I want about mm-hmm. my identity and and be accepted. And my fellow cohort mates were great at that. like they were all very super supportive. and again, um, again, they were super supportive and the hope camp was very inclusive. They actually offered therapy as well. They had an in-house um, therapist that everyone wow. was required to visit at least once a week, I think, or once every other week or something. There was like a schedule around that. And that therapist was also actually part of the queer community, which is great. you know? And so it was really, again, just identifying and being able to relate with folks um, really helped. And so I think the bootcamp, so, you know, it's weird because as I'm in this space and I'm like, this is not what I thought the tech space was. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that, it, that it's this, but I, I definitely still feared that the community at large wouldn't be you know, this way, it wouldn't be representative yeah. of this, right?
0: Yeah, I feel like that was similarly, I didn't really know what, how I would present myself, you know, like coming into my first tech role. Um, I think obviously quickly enough, then you start kind of realizing that there are a lot of more resources depending on the company, but there's usually like uh, employee resource groups um, or support groups that are just, you know, for either BIPOC folks or like, uh, LGBTq, but you never really know, I think especially like when you're first starting, right? like you you wonder how it is because it's very different in the tech community than than the regular corporate community and like mm-hmm. a nonprofit community there's it's just there's a lot of you know there's i guess it's starting to become easier to be out nowadays than it used to be um so i I feel like I can I can i I know what you mean like I didn't realize that it, at least for me, that it was going to be this way. Like, I I honestly thought that I was going to be hiding for a while. Um, I wasn't sure if I, yeah, if I could really myself.
1: Yeah, and just the way you say hiding, I felt like that's what, you know, we're really good at, right? We're really good at hiding that part, um, of ourselves. I was definitely closeted for years and years, and so, um, kind of thinking that I had to go back to that or I had to present myself a specific way when I was in these spaces like even in even in meetups meetups you know pre-pandemic times Um, there were a couple of meetups that I attended before I found sort of like the right one that I felt I fit in but going to mm-hmm. these other ones where it's definitely a lot of awkward people <laughs> I was <laughs> just like I, you know I knew that I couldn't present myself a specific way so I would act really uptight and like, or, or be very, very, you know, closed up and not interact as much, be very formal. And I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't like that. It wasn't as, as pleasant for me. So I try to seek out the other communities. Like there's this, again, there's this like queer side to tech that's so colorful and everyone's super inclusive, like extremely inclusive, right. To the point that I've learned things about how to be inclusive. Yeah. Right. So
0: yeah that's, that's it's an interesting thing you know that you when you're new to something and you're just starting you just want to shelter yourself you just want to protect yourself from any kind of like you know anything really that you don't want to you don't want to show yourself and I think that's that's how that was my experience too like at the beginning and then after one probably less than a year I was like oh no it's cool <laughs> like I'm just gonna be my gay old self like <laughs> <laughs> And just and just uh, and just be me and like and be proud of who I am. And like, you know, if if someone like I think that's really when you take that step of like being your true self and bringing yourself to, to self to work and realizing that everything's going to be fine. Then you just open up like this other world and like you start kind of like even educating people, you know, you start like trying to even learn more yourself of others and other communities and. And then you start being an advocate for everybody else. And that's, it just becomes a really good feeling of like mm-hmm. blossoming mm-hmm. <laughs> and becoming the beautiful butterfly that you're supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, I mean, I, I know this is, you know, this is something that is, you know, nice and all like, like you, it, it, it can be a challenge, but are, were there any other challenges that you experienced as you, you kind of navigated the tech industry for the first few years?
1: so i'm going to be honest this is my first position as a like full-time software engineer and i've only and i've been in this position for about a year and a half um so which is great because i have that i definitely have memories of my pre software engineering life (laughs) and then there's been a lot of reflecting being done not just because it's been a year and a half but also because of you know COVID and having to stay home and being forced to reflect on it and one of the things that I'm actually kind of currently struggling with, or still struggle with a little bit is so some of these concepts that were taught at the boot camp, and, and you just mentioned one was which is like being your whole self, right? That's that, fee, that I feel like that gets communicated and now um, within the tech space. I feel like there's like some buzzwords. you know, there's a lot of buzzwords in in tech now about inclusivity, about whole self, about different work ethics. And I think one of the things that I struggle with is, again, I was so, you know, I was working with family, so I was so used to bringing my whole self already because it was my family. I didn't, you know, they they supported me. They don't, you know, they didn't look down on who I was or any part of my identity. So, you know, it was very easy for me to bring my whole self. And so that was a natural sort of, you know, um, it was a natural thing for me to do here in tech. But what I struggled with was like, well, how do I show, how do I show that I'm Mexican? How do I show that I'm gay in those positive ways that I know helped my family? and With the sort of Mexican aspect, the Latinx aspect, I knew that, uh, again, right right away, Latinx folks are are seen as very hardworking people. And what I wanted to avoid though was the burnout and okay, I I wanna work hard, but I need to also bring back to my community, the fact that there are different ways to work hard without exhausting yourself and without, you know, without, you know, without these toxic ways. So I, that was not that much, like I said, I'm sort of getting used to that. The gay aspect, I think, is what's what I've been struggling with because I do want to highlight that even more just because uh, it's important for other folks who might be struggling right now coming into, let's say, you know, even even the the company that i that I work for, like if they're coming in here, I, I want to make sure that I'm that person that, um, you know, they can come to with these questions and, you know, without having to reveal to everyone or whatever the situation is, I want to be, like you said, an advocate. I think that's what I've struggled a little bit with because, um, yes, there are certain things I'm doing now, but I don't know if I'm yet doing everything that I could possibly be doing.
0: Mm-hmm. But you also have to remind yourself though, that it's not your responsibility. You oh, know, right. like it's, it's also the company that you work for. It's like, it's, everybody has to kind of like put, the steps together. Like you know, you all take steps together to that. And like in order for you to become like the best ally that you can be, like you also have to be at the right place. And like don't beat yourself up for it because it's not just your responsibility. Like I know you I know where you're coming from and I don't know where your head is at because I feel like that's that has also been me. Um but and it's it's taken me a while to realize though that I can only you can only do so much. Like you you're already like putting yourself out there and wanting to be that voice for others and help out others but at the same time like you're only you so don't don't feel like you know it's your responsibility to make sure that you bring all this change because (laughs) it's also you're not getting paid for it (laughs) Yes, yes. So your your job is different.
1: <laughs> right. And that's why I said like that's still something that I'm still struggling with. That that helps. Your words, you know, yeah. definitely your words of advice definitely help me. And I'm learning from, from so many folks like yourself, actually, about Aww. about these things. So definitely I look up to to a bunch of folks in the communities um that I that I particip- actively participate in. Like I said, you, Kara, um yeah. a Manager of America. It's just it's been such a great experience, you know, for that reason that now I don't feel so overburdened.
0: At yeah yeah for sure well i, I was actually pretty curious about you know after you were done with the boot camp like how did you navigate toward your first role like what was that experience like or or was that something that you or were you already in that company before your the boot camp or how how did you arrive to your first role after the boot camp
1: yeah, sure. So after the boot camp which I graduated in like May of 2016, the intention with that was to bring it back to my family's business. So like I said, having mm-hmm. created this script originally, I was like, "Oh, well maybe I can create other solutions for them."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was still there an additional I think 3 years before it just it felt like they weren't really receptive to my ideas. And so at that point, that's when I started kind of planning like, "Well, what what you know, the I, almost sounds like I'm planning my escape, but um, but basically, yeah, I was planning my escape. And um after so such a I don't know, I, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to say this. <laughs> the environment there and it so I, I work with immediate family, right? And I also worked with cousins, like the extended family. My immediate family being my siblings, my mom, they were great. But unfortunately, my extended family kind of made it a very toxic environment after the, you know those three years, and, and I don't know if it was because I went to the boot camp. I don't even, honestly don't know what it is. Maybe it's just family, mm-hmm. and it just became so toxic and so um, claustrophobic. Like it just became like a claustrophobic experience. Mm-hmm. That I that's when I felt like I needed to leave. So I actually quit December of twenty nineteen without even having anything lined up. So for six months, I was unemployed. And trying to basically get my first job.
0: Yeah, I can relate to extended family issues. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes there is so much negativity that comes out of people, and that usually just comes out of jealousy, mm-hmm. you know. And and like you know, seeing that you're thriving and seeing that you are like working hard to be some to become something. I think sometimes others don't have access to that. That they're their immediate response is to be a douchebag like Mm -hmm. you know it it, it's it can be so triggering for some people but i
1: it was it was also very confusing because they helped they helped pay the boot camp you know like the company paid so they knew what i was doing it was just Mm -hmm. baffling again like just how deep envy can run even after that person has said, "Oh, you, you," I think it's a great idea that you do this, but then you come back and again you you present these ideas, and it's like, no, this is never going to work, and it's like, well, then why did I do it in the first place? Um, I'm finding that that's actually, again, very common experience within the Latinx community. That uh, you know, there's phrases like "por eso te crees," you know, mm-hmm. you think you're all that. Mm-hmm. It's apparently very, very common. So, even though, yes, I I feel that whatever environment they created was toxic. I I hold no resentment towards them. I, I feel like if anything, I, I'm a little sad about the fact that it has to be that way. And meeting other other folks again who have similar experiences with their family, I think has also made it uh, you know, hugely helpful for me.
0: Yeah. Let me just say that, you know, like these interviews that I've been doing in uh, or just like conversations that I've been having with people, like I usually tend to ask, like the more general questions, you know. Like, I mean, you've heard some of these episodes, so I don't know. I feel like I'm really missing just that connection, like the raw, like truth mm. that we go through. Um, and I and I told myself that I want to incorporate more of that in my in my podcast. Like, I want to talk the like truth. <laughs> You know, like I want to be real and raw and it's going to it's going to hurt sometimes, you know, because I feel like I, you know, when you were talking about your family here, like I recently found out like that, you know, in my mom really struggled with my dad's side of the family with like when she was growing up, when they were growing their family and when they were like in Mexico and, you know, that was really hard to hear because you know some of those some of the some of those folks are like some of them my favorite people like I, I really like them as cousins and they're great but i didn't realize like how deeply like my mom was hurt by them sometimes mm-hmm. and um and like i feel like we don't really talk about things like that things that are like our personal lives, right? Like we talk about. We, of course, we talk about our experience in tech and our, our experiences as a whole, and our, our our professionalism. Our, you know, just not really our whole selves when it comes mm-hmm. to like who we are and why we think the way that we think. Um, so that's just something that I've been kind of like it's been in my mind, and that I just really want to talk like to people that are open to talking truth and wanting to just I just really want to hear like no tell me really how are you like it's been a shitty year this year it's been difficult for all of us like I've been struggling a lot like this last few months like I you know and not just because I was sick or because I lost family members but also because like you know I was unemployed for half the year and that really like I took a hit like in my brain you know I get you know your self-worth um and like and being and and you know I'm an extrovert <laughs> like I like being out there at meetups and people and like doing things and that I've been I have been doing none of that you know like I've been at home like really quarantine and all of that because I want to protect others and but but at the same time like sometimes you just need your people <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's it, it can get difficult to like really like live your truth and you know from aside from what you want to show on Instagram like. Mm-hmm yeah, my wife and I are cute. Look at our pictures. But mm-hmm. but we also cry a lot and we fight sometimes. And like, you know, it's like it's been a really difficult year. And like and we should be talking about that because we're just compartmentalizing all of these things and like one side of us, like we're not we don't want to talk about this because it's sad. Yes. <laughs> and I just wish that we were just we opened up more and talked more, you know, like even even in in our professional environments or whatever, like this is what's helping you grow. This this mm-hmm. experience is helping all of us grow. Like I just really wish that people were open to sharing more of like the hard truths as well. Yes,
1: yes because it, and it's like you said, actually, this is very this has been really therapeutic. <laughs> but also <laughs> it's it's inevitable for me to have mentioned that because that's that's the reason why I'm here. Like I'm in this yeah. position with this new company. I mean, mm-hmm. I was again practically forced out. From working with family, and it—it's a reality. Like I have to face that reality. And trust me, there was a lot of work that was done. Again, even in this past year, just with it, you know, just myself, just kind of, how do I deal with that? How do I deal with the resentment, the anger, the -hmm. frustration? And I think one of the positives, and I hate saying I'm one of those people who always looks to the positive. I feel like that's really cliche, but. I'm more of what can I take from my negative experiences to grow? Kind of like, you know, what you said. And from that experience, I've learned, you know, because of them, thankfully, but, you know, if I were to thank them, I haven't talked to them actually in a year and a half. But if I were to thank them, uh, talk to them, I'd be like, thank you for showing me how to be my whole self and how to accept my victories and my accomplishments because that was something that was hard to do with family as well that was another kind of toxic aspect to working with certain relatives it's just that you're never acknowledged you're mm-hmm. it, it, um what's the word like it's always um this sense of entitlement like you have you it's you're supposed to be doing this kind of thing and mm-hmm. never really uh, you know they get used to you providing more and more and the more you give the more they expect kind of thing and so this kind of does even that It kind of mirrors I think some of the older sort of software companies are some really bad software companies out there, you know? And so yeah. again, because of that, now I know what to avoid. My family basically taught me that. And, yeah. you know, with COVID the same thing, just like you said, I, sometimes I have these needs and I I've taught myself how to, you know, navigate certain things, maybe pick up a hobby, maybe do yeah. the, You know, some zoom meetings I I've had to learn how to substitute some of those things.
0: Um. But you are also starting a new project, and yes. uh, and that's a podcast. Yes. <laughs> uh, can you tell me about how you came about that opportunity and stuff?
1: Oh yeah, so again, my um, manager, who's I mean, I should I should just call her my friend, my BFF, maybe even <laughs> America. She's been super, <laughs> she's been super awesome. I think an integral part of of my growth, like in career and personal growth. I actually told her the other day. I was like, America, you know what? I think you're making me a better person. <laughs> she's like, What do you mean? I was like, Well, all these things. Like, you started the professional development group. Um, she's been pushing me to do, you know, and as my manager, she's been pushing me to to be to do the things that will eventually lead me to where I want to be, either at that company. Um, you know, whether it's like a higher position or maybe it's something completely different, you know, it doesn't. She's just been really pushing me hard for these things. And um, so of course, one of the things we we have these conversations sometimes either at work or in our one on ones or even after work sometimes we'll 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 chat it up, and we've been having these conversations about precisely you know all these things in in tech which is you know career growth, uh, self care, um, you know mental health, all these finances even we've been having all these kind of conversations and we're like you know it'd be interesting to start a podcast and not only share our personal experiences but also to add to the representation out there, right? So folks can see us and be like, hey, you're not the only one. We also struggle not only with these topics, but we also struggle to understand them. And we also have questions about them. So the podcast is very, very casual, um, but that's basically how I kind of, (laughs) how we got the idea. Um, So after after my manager and I discussed potentially starting a podcast, again, sort of, serendipitously we had the Tequeria Summit and I believe there was a there was a um like a there were a couple panelists podcasters that were that were discussing their experience Mm. and you know something just as I'm watching them first of all that that was also one of my favorite set portions of of the um, of the summit because if you think about it podcasters and people who are in that type of in media, they're just great communicators. They're great storytellers, and so it was such a great, you know, such a great um, event um, or section. I don't even know what to yeah. call it. Such a uh,
0: channel, I guess. <laughs>
1: panel yeah such a great panel yeah
0: I was listening to that too actually um I was interested in it in learning more about it because I am not a media person I am not a great storyteller but that's what I want to work on that's that was the whole purpose of this podcast that could help me kind of like get some skills Mm -hmm. about um you know effective communication or whatever but um but yeah so after that I'm assuming you talked to Adriana and 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 saw an opportunity there
1: well, yeah, so I reached out simply because I just wanted some input. I wanted to get a feel of what it was like to be a podcaster in terms of, you know, the workload. And again, in the interest of self-care, I didn't want to take on too much. And so I just reached out to her and, and she was so, she was so kind and so quick to be like, here's my calendar. You like sign up for something. And I was like, sweet. Um, and so we just chatted one day after work. And uh, again, she brought up, all these ideas she had without me even asking, which was great. Again, it was I was sort of blown away <laughs> because I'm just like, hey, I want to know these things, and she was like, I'm setting up this thing. You want to be it? You want in? You want this? And I was just <laughs> like, whoa, 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 let me think about it. Um, but ultimately, you know, when I brought it up to to my, to America, she was like, yeah, let's let definitely let's do it. And so I was like, okay, that's that's the, all I needed. Let's let's do it.
0: That's really cool. And I mean, I, I, all I have to say is that if you do decide to talk about finances, I'm all about that because I need to learn more about investing and the power of my 401k. Cause I have, no, I'm like, I contribute to this, but I don't know what it really is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I would definitely give that a listen. And, um, I'm in, you know, as we were talking, I'm starting to like, think about those people that kind of come into our lives and have like this big impact, right? Like just. You just mentioned that one of your managers is someone that you look up to so much. And now you want to call her a friend. (laughs) But um, I'm curious if, you know, who has kind of inspired you through your career? Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, man, that's a tough one. Uh, I think in a previous actually, no, I'll stick. i I, I did another podcast uh, interview before as well. and it, I'm learning to tell my story, and I'm learning these things too. A good moment to reflect. Honestly, there's not one specific person. I feel like it's more of a communities of people who have inspired me. And honestly, when you just said that, what comes to mind is women. women have inspired me mm-hmm. throughout my whole career, mainly, you know my mom being the first woman that I looked up to you know, as such a strong willed person, all my values, you know, I get from her The compa- to be compassionate, all these different things. She taught me, she, she taught me to read before I went to kindergarten. So I knew how to read and I knew my timetables before I went to school. So <laughs> that shows you the level of dedication that she had for education and to make sure that we, we were educated, you know, and she was one of the first people to get to, to sort of, that I could draw inspiration from and just through my life, honestly, like just, women have been there to be role models for me. And then I, I think that's a huge thing. Um, one of the reasons why, you know, Latina, I'm so appreciative of Latinas in tech too. And I wanted to be an ally so bad because I was like, whatever Latinas need, I'm there.
0: Yeah. That's, that's so sweet. And I love that. I mean, I, um, I remember, you know, we met at a Latinas in tech event. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I was really glad to see that there were a lot of male allies that started showing up too, um to whatever we needed, which is great. It's great to see. Besides women <laughs> and, and women role models, you know, what has been one of your like go-to resources? Um, let's say, let's say it's like a book or a blog or a podcast, something that has kind of influenced you as you, you navigate your career.
1: But I'm trying to think if I mean if, if you want like a concrete answer for folks out there who are newbies and you need to step up your game with even like let's say technical skills. I really, I actually looked up to, um, there's this one uh, programmer, you know, content creator named Wes Boss. I've purchased his tutorials because I've actually found them very, very useful to go from like a medium intermediate to an expert or advanced level in JavaScript specifically. But um, he has actually, that's one of the people that kind of stick out when it with in terms of content. Um, I've really, really loved his content.
0: And then... Uh... I guess this kind of brings me to like, you know, what you mentioned giving advice to folks, like one, if you could share one piece of advice with someone that is looking to either get into tech or maybe do a boot camp or, you know, try something new for the first time, like, what would you say?
1: Oh gosh, I'm reckless. So I would say, just do it. Like, don't even think about it. The amount of resources, the amount of people, the community that's out there no one's going to let you fail. Like it's 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 I I'm I'm now I'm finding it hard to even think of ways to actually failing. I don't I don't know if I'm like purposely looking for like, let me see how I can fail. But honestly, you just can't fail. And and if if we're talking about failures in the sense that like you're gonna fail either way, just do it and and learn from that. And the community and the people and the resources out there will help you to eventually get to the place that you want to be at
0: yeah that's beautiful <laughs> I mean I we were we were before our we started recording we were talking about um you know like fears right like how they stop us and I, I shared how I was incredibly fearful of my voice and wanting to mm. and just not wanting to do anything related to my voice like I did not want to start a podcast I did not want to you know even record myself in any way or leave a, or leave a voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> right (laughs) because I was just so scared like I just did not like it you know I thought I was just like I was just being so self-conscious about everything that I feel like most people are that way um we obviously Mm -hmm. don't like change and we stay away from it as much as possible but every now and then you know it's nice to get get out of your comfort zone and and doing the things that scare you because little you know, little did you know that, that was going to change your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really appreciate that. Switching gears here to, to close off the show, sort of. Um, what are some of the goals that you have for your future? What's next for Oscar?
1: Mm, well, so in terms, of, yeah, in terms of my career, I really want to. I'm still kind of exploring to see what the next step is. And this is, again, this is something that I've kind of discussed with with my manager, with America. You know, while at work, we discussed my career growth. I've thought about how I want to reach sort of like the next level, whatever that is. Uh, again, if we're talking technically, I want to really be at that, you know, senior sort of senior level position to, to just to have the knowledge. But my ultimate goal is to also find ways to, again bring bring what I've already learned to the community to to the latinx community to to you know younger to the youth to the, the the latinx youth um whoever needs it really i kind of i feel like that's been like a goal that it's been set in my mind that I'm moving towards, which is how can I help my community and through my own growth so i've I've sort of learned to internalize that that way,
0: yeah, I like that I think I can definitely relate. Um, I mean, I, I, talk about how I, you know, the next step for me eventually will be to be part of like a DI team, right. To like, to bring change to a company and, and help out in some way. And I think a lot of it holds, what holds me back is the, like not feeling like I know enough Mm-hmm. you know and and i mean've I've been really considering doing a, a certificate program really because mm-hmm. I think that would give me just a little bit more of like peace of mind and like mm-hmm. you know more validity and and i'm not and I'm not sure if that's what really companies want because I have a ton of lived experience <laughs> and and I've done you know I've created like ERGs and i' i mean obviously you know my you know me with you know the tech and the tech and all the things that I've done um that i still don't think that's enough mm-hmm. and i and i've had a lot of conversations with people and they're like you are absolutely ready like you already have all this experience and you could do it but it, it's just like in my mind like i don't know what's the right call what's the right move and i feel like i sometimes can get so wrapped up in like certificates or mm-hmm. you know titles or previous roles and sometimes that can be something to like watch out for, but, um, but yeah, I, I'm excited. I, I, we talked a lot and I think I I really appreciate you getting real with me and getting raw. Um, I'm curious. I I mean, I would love to give the chance for people to connect with you. So what's the best way to connect with you?
1: Oh, yes. I am super active on LinkedIn actually. So, um, how do you provide the? Should I just,
0: yeah, I, you can either say the username because, you know, it's, or I can just put it on the show
1: notes too the links okay I should say so I'm on LinkedIn as Oscar Oscar Dell so if you do the the whole URL and and you know you you can append it at the end it's Oscar Mm Dell I'm also on Instagram Um, complicated username so hopefully you're able to provide that somewhere but I will (laughs) count I get blah (laughs) and that's also my Twitter handle
0: I'll, I'll definitely link all everything on the show notes. But, um, but yeah, thank you, Oscar. This was great. This was—you're right. This was really therapeutic for me too. I really appreciate having a conversation um, and getting real uh, with you. So I—I really appreciate it.
1: Awesome. Thank you for having me. Actually, I was super excited about this. I was so giddy. I was like,
0: yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Chicago Techies Podcast. If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review on iTunes. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us at Chicago Techies on all social media channels. Thank you again, and we'll see you in two weeks.